Our scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 51. Uh, we've been reading through the book of Psalms together and highlighting different types of psalms. Um, psalms of lament, psalms of trust, psalms of praise. Um, and so this morning's psalm is a psalm of confession. And psalm number 51 is probably one of the more famous psalms of confession. It's a, it's a psalm that, um, that, that King David wrote after he was confronted by uh, Nathan the prophet uh, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And we're actually going to be talking about King David this fall, so uh, we'll get more into the specifics of that uh, this fall. Um, uh, it's kind of, a, kind of a soap opera kind of a story, and, uh, and, and we'll get into that. But, um, but for this morning, uh, we're just going to read it as our song of confession. And that's how it was meant to be used. Uh, if uh, if uh, an ancient um, is- Israelite person uh, had, uh, had, was experienced extreme guilt about something, they would go to the temple, and if they didn't have the words themselves, they would ask a priest for a special psalm to pray, and the psalm would, uh, uh, the priest would go into the back and, uh, and, and bring out this psalm and say, you need this one. This is the one that uh, King David prayed when, when he uh, seriously sinned. And so um, it's one that's been used um, for thousands of years for, um, for any believer uh, that needs to repent of their sins before God. So Psalm 51, hear now the word of our Lord. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, 
O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem, and there will be righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings to delight you. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. So there were uh, four pastors that uh, used to get together once a month and go fishing. Uh, They all served in the same community, uh, different denominations, but uh, they thought this is a good way to get to know each other, share what was going on in their churches, and figure out ways to work together, and, uh, and talk about things that only pastors can talk about with other pastors. And so they would get together on this boat uh, once a month and fish together. Well, one day they were out on the lake, and um, one of the pastors who was usually jovial, jovial, always laughing, cutting up, um, he was being awfully quiet. And so one of the other pastors said to him, Brother, what's the matter with you today? And the pastor was silent for a long moment, and then he said, Well, be honest, I have a confession to make. See, I've been gambling. And uh, at first, I started out with a couple scratch-off tickets and then card games. And, and, and then I would, uh, I would, I would go on, on these river boats. And, 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 and then it just kind of became a lifestyle. And um, I burnt through um, all of our savings. Uh, it, it's threatening my marriage. And I just know if my church ever found out about it, I'd be done for. And so all the other pastors patted him on the back and, uh, and, and encouraged him to seek, seek help, and, and they prayed with him. A little while longer, and um, uh, uh, another of the pastors spoke up. Brothers, um, I'm just so inspired uh, by what just happened, and I too have a confession to make. See, I've been drinking. And it started out with, you know, just a, a little drink here or there. And, uh, and, and, and now it seems like it's all I do. And I go, I, I go two towns over to a bar where, where no one knows that I'm a pastor. And it's ruining my marriage and my family. And I just know if my church ever found out about it, I'd be done for. And so they pray with him and they encourage him to get help. A little while uh, later passes and, and, and a third pastor speaks up and says, Brothers, uh, since we're all confessing here, I too have a confession to make. And he begins to tell them about his affair and how he's worried it's going to ruin his family. And if his church ever found out, he'd be done for. And they encourage him to seek help and break off the affair and, and they pray with him. A little while longer and the fourth pastor speaks up. And he says, uh, says I have a confession to make too. I have a secret sin in my life. See, I'm a raging gossip, and I cannot wait to get off this boat. <laughs> There's a kind of a danger in confessing, isn't there? It kind of makes us vulnerable. Uh, confession is something that we're all called to as Christians, and yet 
It's not really something we do a whole lot. We know we're supposed to bring our sins before God. We know we're supposed to account for, for, for the bad we've done and, and ask for forgiveness. And yet, for most of us, it's not a regular part of our spiritual life. In fact, most of us probably, when we think of confession, um, we probably wonder to ourselves, you know, isn't that something that Catholics do, right? You think of confession, you think of the movies, like, like gangsters on the other side of that screen confessing, uh, confessing their sins to a priest and, and him saying, your, your, your sins are forgiven, and then they go off and be gangsters some more, right? Um, that's kind of our view of, of confession, right? But confession is biblical, Confession uh, is something that all throughout Scripture says we're called to do. Uh, first, uh, John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins before God, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Uh, James 5, 9 says, Confess your sins to one another so that you may receive healing. Confession is biblical. Confession is good for us, but most of us, that's just not a part of our spiritual life. As Protestants, there's just something about it that feels a little too Catholic for us, right? And, um, and there's a good reason for that. Uh, because we do believe as part of our faith that, that confession is not mediated through the church. That, that we confess our sins directly uh, to, to God through Jesus Christ and not through a priest and not through, um, and not through the church. But sometimes the result of that is that we don't confess at all. right? We don't make a regular habit of it. I think people have a lot of misconceptions about confession. The most common question people ask me about confession is, what if I forget something? What if I forget something? Some people really worry about that. You know, what if, uh, what if, uh, I, uh, if there's a sin in my life that I forget to confess and, and I die, and, and I die with that sin unconfessed. What happens to me then? Is my eternal soul in peril? And, and when you look at confession that way, you think of it a lot like um, on my iPhone, I've got up next to these, app, these apps, these little red badges, right? And these little red badges are these kind of, these, these little nags that tell me how far behind I am. Right. Um, if if I've got a uh, electronic to do list, I'll have a little red badge by the app that says how many things I have undone. Right. Um, my emails, on my email app. I could show you this after church. I'm at something like thirty thousand unread emails. Right. This is a habit that started like ten years ago. Right. That I would just like I'd look at that subject line and just keep scrolling. Right. And I don't delete them. I don't read them. I just, you know, um, just look at the ones at the top every day and the ones I'm interested in. I read. And um, and as a result, 
I've got like 30,000 unread emails. If I were to try and go through now and, and catch up on all those emails and read all those emails, I'd never be able to do it, right? And here's the problem. I know for a fact that I send more times a day than I get emails. So if I've not confessed in a while, how far behind am I, right? If, and if we look at confession this way, that it's all about just uh, checking off the confessed box by every single one of our sins, well, that's all we have time for. That's all we do. Sometimes we look at confession like, like it's like being audited by the IRS, right? Like, like God's like, like this pencil pusher up there and he's looking back at, at your returns going back 30 years. And, um, and here's, that con- here's that sin in uh, 1998. Did you confess that? Right? But when we look at our psalm this morning, we get a very different picture of what confession is. See, one of the first things the psalmist says right away uh, is, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. And... uh, this is one of those themes that's kind of been running uh, through this year. It just seems to pop up uh, every now and then. That, that, that word, unfailing love, there it is again. It's hesed. It's that special covenant love that God has for his people. A special kind of love that only God can do is God's love. Because of that, have mercy on me. Because of your unfailing love. See, it's only that love that can make me clean. He says the outward expressions, you know, these, this church stuff, no amount of that will make me clean. He says, you know, if, if burnt offerings would please you, I would bring them. But no amount of burnt offerings can take this sin away from me. But he says... You cleanse me, and I'll be whiter than snow. He says, the only sacrifice you require of me is a broken heart, a broken and contrite heart. You see, see, confession is lifting our whole heart up to God. He says, create in me a clean heart. And this word create is bara. And all you need to know about it is, is it, it's the kind of creating only God does. In the Bible, it, it only shows up with, with God as the subject. It's not the kind of creating I do with the hunk of plago. It's the kind of creating that God does when he creates the universe. Lord, with that love only you have, Create, make a new heart for me in that, that way that only you can. See, confession is not for God's benefit. It's for ours. 
Confession is about offering our heart up to God so he can show us what's wrong. So he can show us what needs to be fixed. So he can show us what, 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 what the program ought to be. Confession is about us holding up our heart to God. Sometimes a, a good illustration just uh, um, slaps you in the face. Uh, I was, uh, I was um, uh, meeting with uh, Harold and Helen this week, and, uh, and they were telling me about Harold's heart team. And uh, he had this, this team of doctors that, uh, that, that were um, uh, working on him surgically, and um, whenever, uh, whenever he had a setback, this team would get together and, and they would figure out what was the matter and they would come up with the solution together. Uh, they, would, uh, they had different ones, different expertise. Um, uh, he had a pretty good pit crew over there. And I was thinking about this idea of having a heart team. There's this group of experts that, that know your heart inside out. And I realized, you know, it all started with one thing. It all started with one trip to the doctor. I'm feeling fatigued. I know there's something going wrong here. Will you fix it? We have at our disposal uh, an even greater heart team than, than existing any of our hospitals. We, we, have, we have the great physician who knows our heart inside and out and can fix it and can heal it and can make it whole, but it all starts with saying, this is broken. Will you fix it? That's what confession is. The story of, of this guy who had a Model T car. Uh, it was back uh, in the early 1900s, like... Uh, everyone who had cars at that time just about had a Model T car. Like, it was the most uh, popular uh, car in the world, and for good reason. Like, it, it, was, uh, it, it was because it came off the assembly line, it was, it was, it was affordable, and, um, and also they worked really well by those standards, right? They still broke down an awful lot, right? We had a lot to learn about cars. And, and so the story is, is this one guy who's, you know, uh, has gotten pretty good over the years owning this Model T car that, you know, when it breaks down by the side of the road, he's usually able to get it going again. Well, one day it breaks down and he tries every trick in his bag of tricks and he cannot get the car to start working again. And uh, finally he's frustrated and decides he's going to hike to town. And, um, and this car pulls up beside him. And out gets this, uh, this this old man in a fancy suit, and uh, and the old man in the fancy suit says, "Can I help you with your car, sir?" And he just looks the guy over, and you know, um, he looks like uh, you know he's like one of these uh, banker types, fine suit, nice coat, one of those bowler hats. And he, and he just thinks to himself, this guy has probably never touched a motor a day in his life, right? And, and plus he, he's older and his hands are trembling a little bit. And he says, you know, sir, um, I'm pretty good with cars. Uh, I've tried my best with this thing. Um, if you want to help me, you could give me a ride to town. 
Well, the old man takes his hat off, takes his coat off, rolls up his sleeves, and gets into the car, and he starts tightening this, loosening that, starts fiddling around, and then he cranks it up, and sure enough, it starts running again. And the guy just looks at this old man and says, says, who are you, and how did you get to know so much about cars? And the old man puts his hand out and says, the name's Henry Ford, and uh, I designed this particular car, and I know it inside and out. But you can see where I'm going with this, right? Your heart has a designer. Your heart has a creator. And sometimes we try our bag of tricks, right? And it just doesn't quite work. But what if we held our heart up to the one who knows it inside and out? What if we held up our heart to the one that knows it? best. What a difference that would make. God knows our heart better than we know it. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Then it goes on to say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. If there is any offensive way in me, see it and lead me in the way everlasting. Confession is not for God's benefit for hours. God's not sitting up there worried like, I wonder what Marjorie's been up to. She hasn't confessed in a while. It's not like uh, my parents were when I was in high school. We've been up all night waiting for you to get back and we don't know what you've been into, right? God knows what you've been into. God doesn't need a recitation to be able to forgive you. But we are a mystery to our own selves sometimes. Sometimes we don't know why we're doing the things that we're doing. Sometimes we know while we're doing something, it's wrong. And yet we can't stop ourselves from doing it. And, there's, and, and, and our hearts has layers to it. And there are, there are parts of our heart that are hidden from us. And what if the one that knows it inside and out could tell you. No, the reason you do that is because you're still resentful about this thing that happened 10 years ago. You never forgave the person that did it for you and, and, and to you. And, and now, every time you face a similar situation, you bring all this baggage into it, and that's why you're reacting the way you're reacting. What if the person that knew your heart inside and out could, could say, you never got over this? Or... Or you're, act, you know, you're acting better than all these people because you're really afraid that, 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 that you'll, they'll see. You, you feel like you're an imposter, right? What, what if the person who knew your heart inside and out could show you where the true bruises and wounds are and then heal them? What difference would that make?
So um, I have a simple prayer I'd like to teach you. It's, it's in your devotion this week, so you don't, you don't have to memorize it. You can take it home with you. But um, it, it's, a, it's an old prayer called the Examine. There's this man named St. Ignatius of Loyola who founded the, this group called the Jesuits. And, um, and he had this simple prayer that he wanted all of the Jesuits to pray every night before bed. It was a prayer of confession. And it has three steps, and it goes like this. The first step is looking up. And when you look up, you simply offer your heart to God. Say, search me and know me, O Lord. Here is my heart. Look at it. Study it. That's the first step. The second step is you look back. Look back at your day. Right? If you pray this at night, look back at, at, at the day you're in. If you pray this at morning, look back at, at yesterday. Right? And, uh, and basically, just in your mind, start when you got up and just kind of go through the day mentally. All your triumphs, celebrate. Thank God for those times that, that you were like Christ and, and those times that, that you were tempted and you did the right thing. Those times when you fell short, ask for forgiveness. Those times when you're a mystery to your own self, ask God to show you what, what lies behind those things. All right, so look up, look back, and then in the, the third, the last step of this prayer Look ahead. Look at the day ahead. What opportunities do you have to triumph, to, to, to spread the gospel to someone, to encourage someone? What opportunities do you have to fail and to fall? And ask for God's help and ask for God's guidance. It's a simple prayer. And then I like to end with the Lord's Prayer. We're going to do this. It's a simple thing, but it's a way that you can incorporate confession into your life between you and God. It's a way you can hold up your heart to God and say, search me and know me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. It's a story of an, uh, a, a saint out in the desert. Uh, who cries out to God, Lord, make me perfect. Lord, make me perfect. And then this voice comes down from heaven. Make me perfect. That's what they all say. Tell me then, who would I forgive? See, we have a God who delights in forgiving us. We have a God that has a plan for our heart and wants to get it on the table and wants to search it and wants to know it and wants us to lead us to healing and wholeness. But it begins by saying, search me, O Lord, and know me. It begins by saying, here is my broken and contrite heart. Make it new. It begins with an act of confession. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.